Surprised? Surprised. Why would yeah. how why? How, I don't understand how you could be surprised about anything, but you seem to be surprised about everything. <laughs> I am surprised yeah. about everything. It's a probably a good characteristic to have <laughs> in a human. You know. It's, it's not standard issue though. It's not? No, it is not standard issue. Oh, I didn't know. It's true though. Now you know. It's also, what I mean to say is, it's 8.53 a.m. Saturday, October the 14th, 2023. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. The Bin Diane. The Bin Diane. The Bin Diane. (laughs) Shoot. Maybe you're trying to combine our names. Been Diane. And I could be Diel. <laughs> Been and Diel? No. no. I don't work. know what I was trying to do, Diane. I don't know what I was doing. I was out of control. <laughs> but that's okay. We've got the uh, gray skies that I hope don't clear up. <laughs> Put on the happy face. And, um, you know, the sparklies and the. Highlights and low lifes, sitting amongst the highlights and and uh, things of that nature. It's been a what I would call a uh, what kickback. Yeah, it's been a gentle week here in Lake Abundance. Yes, yes, Diane. Over to you. Really? Uh huh. Because you really have nothing to say. I, I'm sure I have things to say, but I'd rather be in charge of the you know. Strange involuntary quip moments <laughs> that, uh, as I was saying last week, that have no meaning. I don't want to be stuck trying to say something meaningful. That, that would that puts me in an uncomfortable position. This week has been a pretty kickback week, and part of it has been because there were no doctor's appointments yeah. uh, that. And that's been quite an astonishing thing for both of us. I mean, that neither one of us had any doctor's appointments, and we didn't really have any social obligations. And um, I mean, not obligations, but we didn't have any social events events that we had sought out. Right. And I don't know about you, but I kind of wanted not to seek out much this week. I wanted to just kind of have this this quiet week uh, because it has not been quiet even though <laughs> i mean it's just the healing process and you know and all the hubbub around that hubbub i i felt like i just wanted some time to regroup and and lo and behold we had it it was a wonderful week yes. for me yes i had it I had a decent week myself, Diane. The poetry break is going well. I thought last week's poetry break was, I mean, this this week, this last Tuesday. Uh-huh. I thought it was a wonderful selection of poems. And most uh-huh. of them were sent in in the mailbox, they, right? They were all sent in the mailbag, pretty much. Yeah, I don't think there was anything other than the old manhood stuff. Man, that was a great selection. And all the people who attended really liked it, too. Yeah. 
So I'm enjoying that very much. A lot of hope in those poems. And I think that right now the world is pretty desperate for hope. Okay. I do. All right. I mean, it's always a necessary... Hope is necessary, but I think right now things seem a little bit more chaotic than I'm used to. And um, I think that people are looking for hopeful. Agreed. 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 We start off the week on Sunday with a, with our Westminster basement um, yeah. conversations, and that was fantastic yeah, conversation. Yeah, that was a great conversation. I don't know. We were all, we were all firing them on all cylinders that day. Then I had the Rocks Boys that evening. Tonight, today begins the uh, the annual Rocks trip, which you are not going which, to be which able I, to. Which I am not attending this year. In person. In person, but I will be spending some time with them virtually. They are uh, convening in Winthrop this year, and so so that's going to be happening uh, right up to Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. The day that, uh... Ah, ham and eggs. Time forgot? Yeah. <laughs> right. The day that Bill forgot. I would say that this week, for me, was kind of a blast from the past week. Oh. Uh, because I... I don't know if anybody knows that YouTube, probably everybody knows, that YouTube has free movies on... uh, And my feed on YouTube will often bring up some movies. And for some reason, this week, it brought up The Trouble with Angels, which was a, a movie that I watched when I was a young kid. And I don't think I... Perhaps we watched it in the theater. Um... But I know that that my brother and I saw it in reruns, um, or you know, as a movie feature with commercials and everything on television when we were young. And it had Haley Mills, who was the Disney star up until this movie, which was not made by Disney, and uh, Rosalind Russell. And it's about these two. Uh, to students of a Catholic, uh, you know, like a boarding school, right. um, and all the hijinks they get up to, and uh, and it was, it, I I just you were going to be going out to visit with Brad and Tim that night, right. and I thought I'm going to watch this because I doubt whether it would be as much interest to Bill as it would be to me. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was so funny because from the moment that the theme music played, and they had this, the theme music with a lot of overlays of animation, and it's just a delightful beginning to the The movie. The title sequence? The title sequence, yeah. yeah. I actually was emotionally overcome and I was thinking how 
It was because I saw it so many times when I was young. Um, because I'm sure that we saw it like maybe four times, but all in my youth. And I remembered it so well. And it really, you know, watching it again, I thought it was really well done. They did a, a really good job of it. But I, I, unless we saw it in the theaters, which I don't remember, we may have. Um, I know that we never saw it in color on the television set because we didn't get a color television set till I don't know, maybe we're in junior high. I was asking my brother whether he remembered and he was, he said, yeah, that seems about right, junior high. It's um, about when it was for us too. And uh, I just found myself so emotionally overcome by watching this thing that I watched when I was a child. And I think that another reason why it was, why it made me feel that way was because it's about these these young women who were in high school so it's from the time that they're 14 to 17 so they're going to graduate from high school and um, seeing them through the this three-year period with all the it's just like little tableaus of their hijinks you know right and uh, watching them grow up and then the final scene of the movie is when they're all graduating and the one uh, very undisciplined uh, character who was played by Haley Mills decides that she's going to join the convent, which is sort of a, a big surprise for everyone. Hmm. Um, but... I, as I watched those young women in the, the line, because in this particular movie, their their graduation garb was uh, not the border board and, you know, the gowns gown. that we had. Yeah. It was uh, these beautiful, long, white dresses, and they all had uh, bouquets of red roses. And watching all those young women in a line... And I was thinking how, when I was young, it was something that I aspired to. And now, in retrospect, you're looking back, and it's like the, the total <laughs> experience of, you know, your childhood aspirations to be in that group, the fact that you've long since passed it, I mean, way <laughs> past that period of time and and also the fact that Rosalind Russell who is playing the mother superior in this group uh, was probably I don't know maybe in her mid 40s or 50s when she was doing that role and she was seen as the um, <laughs> the crone figure well kind of yeah. I mean certainly the the highly respected and how could it, that you would never have had any kind of past in your life uh, and that's part of the thing that they showed too is she sort of shares with the Haley Mills character uh, her path in life which was part of the dawning of this character's desire to um, to follow this woman even though she before that time just hated her because right. of all the restrictions. Anyway, I was I was so amazed by how much it affected me. 
um, to even hear the the music of this theme music going in. Yeah. But when I found this, uh, you had said, because uh, I said, oh my gosh, they have trouble with angels on here. And, and you said, um, well, I wish that they would bring out the scarecrow of Romney Marsh, yeah. um, which was an old Disney film that both you and I had seen in our youth. Right. And both of us had such strong memories of this. We've been talking about it for, uh, well, I don't know, very early on in our relationship, I think we were mentioning it. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, just as something we remembered. Yeah, and I had looked for it before and it had never been on. And I said, well, I'll look for it because things are coming online all the time. Yeah. And we found it. Yeah. Um, it was kind of astonishing to, to find and that yeah. was another movie that I had not, uh, I had seen it only on uh, The Wonderful World of Color. Yes, which which came after The Wonderful World of Disney. And there was another theme song yeah. that, I mean, both the theme song of, uh, <laughs> of the Scarecrow, uh, but also the theme song of The World is a... <laughs> What is it? A cavalcade or of color? Cavalcade of color. Or is it a carousel? Color, color. <laughs> yeah, you get to see Uncle Walt, and color. he introduces each of the three episodes, just like they showed on. Oh my TV. gosh! Now I guess there, that was a, there was a theatrical version of the film that was released that had didn't have as much material in it as the TV presentation. So this was the three-part TV. They showed Scarecrow over three weeks on. Disney's Wonderful World of Color, and so you got Walt introducing each of the segments and stuff. It was great. Yeah. It was great to be able to see that again, because I have thought about I had the comic book when I was a kid, but yeah, I think I only saw that movie once. I think that that's all I ever saw, yeah, too. When it, and, was on, when it was on Disney. And, and yet it was so memorable. It was memorable for me, because it scared me out of my wits, mm -hmm. The masks that they used for the scarecrow, the this uh, main character who's who's a play, playing kind of a double life kind of character, who's a vicar during the day and a, a smuggler Robin Hood kind of figure at night. And yeah. when he's uh, he and his this is gang, King, King George is taxing people so that they're all living in poverty and starving to death and stuff because of the high taxes to the king. Yeah, it was quite amazing because when I was a kid, I I couldn't even watch some of those scenes where they'd have the masks because they were so scary, you know. In my, and when I looked at them as an adult, I thought, yeah, they're yeah, scary. Yeah, I could see why that scared me as a kid. <laughs> yeah. And there's come some good videos about the making of it too, and the books that it was based on, and. That kind of stuff. So it's a it's a whole thing. If you remember the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, it's uh, it's up there on YouTube. Available. We can we can put it in the comments. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So that was it was fun to see that again. It uh, was. I think you were a little nervous that it wouldn't be that good because uh, you were saying it may not be as good as what we well, remembered. Because but... our you know, we used to like. Uh, you know, for better or worse, we liked my three sons, and in those days, television wasn't 
was not that great. Yeah, it was not, but, not that great. But that one was. That it one was, was good. That quite, one was good. Quite the daring do kind yeah. of uh, series. Yeah. Interesting to be have been a Walt Disney production because it wasn't all singing and dancing and you know cartoons. And I do think that there are some things that I that I remembered that didn't. Um, age well oh, yeah. for example uh 20,000 leagues under the sea mm. when i saw that when i was going oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sometimes uh, you do miss the uh the ways that they can create a different world right. when you watch some of those old things but it's true but oh my gosh, what a long time ago that was! Yeah. That and to have the memories yeah. of those two movies so clearly in my mind, with not um, certainly not seeing the Scarecrow. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever saw it either, except the first time that we saw it was the last time we saw it, and that was probably when we were. I have to look it up. When, when, when it was made? Yeah. I think it was 69, but I could be wrong. Yeah, so... But our family never missed the wonderful, the world, wonderful world of color. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty common in our house, too. Well, it would depend on what they were doing. I don't know what else was on on Sunday nights. It was 1963. 63? Sorry, I was off. Jeez. So I was only seven when I watched that. But those memories from childhood really sink them. in, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, we have to watch The House on Haunted Hill sometime. Because that was a movie that, that I my parents were talking about. Where they were going to watch it. It was going to be on TV, you know. NBC Saturday Night at the Movies or whatever it was. And they made us go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they didn't want us to see it. And I remember I snuck out and watched a few minutes of it. And it was kind of like, whatever, went back to bed kind of thing. Oh, my mom one time said that we couldn't watch this one film. And we, my brother and I both remember this film so well, and we have not been able to think of what the name is. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. and. And Gary has been on a hunt for it forever because he really wants to see how uh, how accurate our re- uh, memories of it were. But it was uh, it was this movie that was sort of a a haunted house kind of situation. Maybe it's the house on Haunted Hill for all we know. Oh, yeah. um, but I have such memories of that movie, and it was so funny because my mom did not want us to watch it, and it was a time when my dad was on the road, and so my mom had sole custody of us, and it was two against one, you know, and we were begging and pleading for her to let us watch it, and she finally said, okay, but if you have nightmares, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be so... Uh, uh, empathetic with you because you're choosing this and and it was a really frightening movie <laughs> yeah. I could see why my mom 
The Incredible Shrinking Man. That's another one. (laughs) That one gave me nightmares. Actually, no. I was just afraid to go upstairs Uh, afterwards. The birds gave me nightmares. I don't think I've ever seen the birds. Alfred Hitchcock movie. Well, and I think the reason why that one gave me nightmares is because... um, you could imagine it happening to you. You know, what would happen if the birds really did turn against us? And they had to be so. crows? No, they weren't all crows. They, they were, were all birds. All birds? It's just that the one scene that hmm. was famous was when they were in a playground and they were all crows. I see. But, yeah. Anyway, it was an interesting thing to observe my thought process through all that and how... Uh, when you dig deep into those memories, how somehow you really feel emotionally affected, whether or not the the movie deserves it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Trouble with Angels, it would. It's just a fun little frothy movie. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be anything <laughs> emotional content wise. Right. But. Uh, but because it was from my youth and because of the memories I have. And I think a lot of times, too, because I was reading a... We, we subscribe to this uh, neighborhood uh, list of Echo Lake neighborhood. Just It gives alerts and stuff. And there was this one person who posted a comment that said that they were feeling really low and... They were wondering if anybody else is unhappy and and they were saying, I just wish I could be back, you know, in my childhood when everything was good and, you know, it was so much less complicated and all that. And I feel like that's that was your view as a child. It's always complicated, you know, yeah. for the adults. It's just that the children, especially if you're in a loving family, a lot of children don't have that luxury but if you are in the the nest of your loving family it can seem like everything is wonderful even though it is not wonderful for Mm. the adults of the moment so and I did come from a very loving family and it was very much the comfortable nesting experience so I think when you're watching things of that nature that you're you're actually the reason why it's causing emotion is it's not just the movie, but the circumstances in which you saw right, the movie, right. the the family that surrounded you that are, um, your parents are now gone, you know. Um, there's just this incredible uh, mix of all the things that you experienced when you were a kid. I love that about life. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad for it, too. It's, it's a an, rich, fertile field of that has growth that comes from it. Yeah. Anyway, that was the, the big thing uh, about this week. Um, if you, you know, and we don't talk about world events, and everybody knows what we're going through as... Uh, world population right now and I just feel like 
there's something about the way that we are processing everything on our on our own individual levels that uh, is quite fascinating to me right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So. Uh-huh. And. And. Then. Then. Therefore. Therefore. Um, uh, just news on my physical front that I am... Uh, Closing in on the the four week mark uh, that will from my surgery from my second surgery, and that uh, when I get to the four week mark, I'll be able to uh, dispense with the restrictions that have been placed on my movements of my arm, right. and that has been uh, I mean ever since I had the surgery, it has been such. A fascinating, fascinating to me from my first surgery, the healing from that, and now I was in the second surgery and the healing from that that very much followed the, the patterns of my first surgery because it's sort of like three weeks in um, to the recovery period, I was starting to feel better with my first surgery and the same for this one. Uh, I started moving my arm more naturally just uh, without thinking about it. It's, it's sort of weird because it's like your body knows to hold itself in a certain way until it doesn't feel quite as restricted. Mm. And it's funny because I remember when they were telling me I, uh, I shouldn't lift my arm so that I was up over my head or anything, I was really nervous about well, what do you do when you're sleeping? Would there be a time that you just do something that you weren't even aware? But your body knows it. Your body uh, is just like, nope, I'm keeping, I'm keeping my wing in. I mean, I really felt like it was almost like this injured wing. Mm-hmm. And so I was, uh, but this last week it's changed entirely. And um, I've just been so fascinated every time that I've had a uh, like an injury in the pedestrian accident or now with the uh, with these various healings from surgery I am so endlessly fascinated at how the body heals and it is such a miraculous thing when you're watching it happen and you're feeling it within your body it is so miraculous and I haven't uh, I think somehow that 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 uh, wonder that sense of wonder that I've had about healing has always helped me through these these pretty treacherous moments because when I that was the thing that most centered my attention when I was hit by the car was just watching I had had a, uh, what they call road rash. I had, uh, when I was, when I was hit by the car as a pedestrian, I was actually thrown in the air. When I came down, I skidded my hand against the, the pavement or the concrete. Asphalt. Asphalt. And so I had a, uh, right by the, the heel of your thumb was... Yeah, the heel of my thumb was was yeah. pretty injured. 
And I remember sitting in the chair and watching the skin knit from morning to night. You know, it was just like watching how your skin was latticing all this uh, new skin on this. It just fascinated me. Um, And I've been fascinated by the healing of my body in this time, too, um, through both surgeries. And the next, uh, so when I get the okay from my doctor that everything is healed up well and that I can lift my arm again, I've been doing exercises to uh, make sure that I will be okay. Uh, That's been... Uh, because there are various things that can happen during this time, including what they call frozen shoulder, where your shoulder won't move. So there are various stretches that they give you to do, and mm-hmm. I've been doing those and uh, feel like I've got the movement in my shoulder. So I guess I'll find out when uh, the, when I'm released this Tuesday. But anyway, um, it really has affected my choice of music as everybody knows, I, I kind of set this thing up for myself that I would choose music that was sort of representative of the stage of healing I was at. And and I was just telling you and Alan this morning that the thing that has been interesting to me is that I've never chosen um, my closest friend, Kat, um, her song about her lumpectomy and uh, radiation therapy which is called one one more step and it's a powerful song and i've always loved it but i haven't felt it Uh, you know i haven't felt that i had the same experience um because uh because she's saying at the very beginning so you move like you still had faith head down in a turned up collar through a string of long hard days and I haven't felt that uh, very fortunately Um, so instead I have uh, chosen for this week's music um, a place where I think I am and this is a lot more abstract in the lyrics Um, so you because it's Dave Carter because it's Dave Carter a song by Dave Carter um, it's funny I just thought wow what what could I use this week and I thought I'm going to look in Dave Carter and Tracy Grammer and see whether there's anything that fits and instantly found this one and um, this song is called Gentle Soldier of My Soul which was uh, on on Drum Hat Buddha uh, the, the album, album. and oh my gosh that whole album yeah both the tanglewood tree and drum hat buddha albums are just stellar from start to finish you know but uh but gentle soldier of my soul was the very last song on the album and I I just have these memories of when I first was listening to it because I would listen to the whole album and I would often listen to it before I was going to bed and that was sort of the the lullaby that was, you know, mm-hmm. sending me off to sleep. And 
and made me think how interesting that choice of words is gentle soldier because you don't think of soldier as being a gentle occupation but interestingly i looked up the etymology of uh, of soldier and it isn't exactly what you would think um it was uh originally from one who serves in the army for pay but but then it it kind of morphed into uh it's just got a long history i'm not going to read the whole thing mm. but it then said that as one who commit, obeys the commands of and contends in the cause of another and i thought well that i can really relate to in view of this time in my life of um of being in a healing mode you know like because we've talked a lot and we've spoken on the show about not wanting to be seen as fighting cancer or battling cancer mm-hmm. or um but just sort of <laughs> i want to say morphing cancer into healthy tissue yeah. um basically in my mind sort of turning the turning it around uh, not trying to battle it right. and so having that uh the soldier who is obeying the commands of or contending in the cause of my situation that means a lot to me yeah. so uh interesting little um <laughs> twist on what i thought of this song but but also i was thinking about how there's a uh, a sense of the word, word soldier that's just persevering you know like we soldier on type of thing and um and i do feel that there's a tremendous amount in any healing process of just persevering and just taking i mean that's the one thing i really do relate to with cat's uh song just taking that one more step yeah. you know it's you take this step now you're taking this step now you're taking this step but when I was listening to this song this morning, I was just overcome with emotion because um, the lyrics are so beautiful and so, um, I mean, that's the thing about poetry, isn't it? That you can choose any meaning that you want Mm -hmm. from things that are ambiguous enough. And, but uh, I loved the the thought of uh, clear light through smoke and ash and balmy seas where breakers crash and roll because it seems like that is part of your healing process is that there's something that's going on that is difficult but you're seeing the gentle side of it too and uh, the part of it that really got me was (laughs) 
He lays me down in his garden-growing bed. He weaves a crown, twigs and feathers for my head. He sings the fields awake and folds me in the love that makes me whole. Because I really feel like there is love that is making me whole through this period of time. And that's why I don't feel like I want to represent it as I'm out there battling. I, I just feel like I'm being enfolded in the love that makes me whole. And um, that love is from all the friends and family members who have uh, sent me their warm intentions and thought of me during this time from all the things that people have actually done giving us food, giving us um, just whatever, you know, just being there for whatever we would need. And um, and I know that I could call on, on people for yeah. that too. And that's been an incredible thing. And then, of course, you um, through this whole period. So Yeah, you've had to deal with me, so that's distracting, you know. You, you, <laughs> you take care of me, so, you know. I, I t- always, I always try to be worse off health-wise than I am. <laughs> this part's been a struggle. Pardon me, I'm having a drink of coffee. I had to break my damn foot. <laughs> Ew, boy. But, uh, That's good coffee. I got there. I got there. It was a little, a little harder. Anyway, yeah, I think it's a good song. All Dave Carter's songs have, have a mystical quality to them that make them that kind of set them above. Even his funny songs are just these amazing sets of words strung together that are nobody's ever done before or would think to do. But when you hear them, they sound familiar. They sound like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. So he was a great songwriter. He was indeed. And I really feel like uh, I can always rely on Dave Carter to represent something that I want to represent. Hey, uh, my love has gone All upon the crimson trail His drum at dawn Beating brimstone through the veil soldier of my soul hey hey he lays me down in his garden growing bed he weaves a crown twigs and feathers for my head
Through the forest of my trials And stand at last Where the shadows run for miles We'll ride on high 